We all know that the word jazz means many different things to many different people, so check out the real deal on THE Jazz Show at CITR, 101.9 FM, or CITR.ca for live streaming. Yours truly, Gavin Walker, is your host, and I guarantee the straight goods of three hours of jazz at its finest. So come on by and give your ears a musical workout, 9 p.m. Mondays. Don't miss it. You are, of course, listening to CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. Stay tuned now for The Jazz Show coming right up with Gavin Walker. What the hell? Mm-hmm. 
We'd like to give you a warm welcome to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9. My name's Gavin Walker, and we have three hours of some of the finest jazz on the planet right here at uh, CITR. And, of course, we're beginning with our jazz feature this evening. We have all kinds of things to play for you later on in the show But our jazz feature is always a very important part of the show, and we do that now right from the top. So I hope your uh, ears are all ready for some uh, great sounds from the Terry Gibbs Dream Band. Terry Gibbs, vibes, master. Terry Gibbs is, to me, uh, even though he doesn't have the Um, iconic status of Lionel Hampton and Milt Jackson is the link, the stylistic link between Lionel and Milt Jackson. In other words, Terry Gibbs has, um, in his vibe style, has retained the ebullience and enthusiasm uh, of Lionel Hampton, but also the modern concept of Milt Jackson, and Terry is a a combination of those two. Terry is just celebrated on the 13th of October, his 90th birthday. He's still very much alive. He plays the occasional gig, and of course, he's been a long-time resident of Los Angeles. And um, Terry Gibbs is uh, just one of the great jazz personalities. Uh, He's written a a book about his life called Good Vibes, and uh, it's kind of privately published. But if you go on, uh, if you can Google Terry Gibbs and, uh, and, and the book, uh, I'm sure you'll find uh, a way to uh, get a hold of that uh, um, great book by, by a Terry Gibbs. He was born in Brooklyn, and his uh, original name was Julius Gubenko. Uh, That would be a hell of a name for a jazz musician, so he changed it and became Terry Gibbs. And, of course, um, started out as a drummer and, of course, picked up the piano keyboard and decided that he, with his flexibility in his wrists, um, to try the vibes. And that was a perfect fit uh, for him. And, of course, he became an expert and a great vibes player. Terry Gibbs really came to prominence in the legendary, I would say the famous and, yes, infamous Woody Herman Second Herd. That was the group uh, Woody um, took a year off and formed uh, a group of all modern musicians. And, of course, that became one of the greatest of all jazz orchestras, and that was Woody Herman Second Herd, sometimes known as the Four Brothers Herd because it had... Uh, the four great saxophone players in that band, Stan Getz, Zoot Sims, uh, Serge Chaloff, and uh, Al Cohn. Later on, uh, Herbie Stewart uh, was in there, and then he was replaced by Al Cohn. So that legendary band, although it was fairly short-lived, Terry Gibbs was a big part of that band and and came to fame uh, in Woody's band. And he is actually the last surviving member of that legendary crew. 
And he has many great stories of those days. After Woody, Terry uh, went out on his own and worked with small bands and uh, worked with quartets. As a matter of fact, he was one of the first people to hire a young lady named Alice McLeod, who played piano in his quartet. Alice McLeod later went on to marry John Coltrane and became John Coltrane's second wife and became, of course, Alice Coltrane. Terry was the first one to, uh, to hire her and um, brought her to prominence in his, uh, in his quartet. So he worked uh, and became, did a lot of solo gigs uh, on the East Coast and so on and decided to pack his bags, family, and everything and move out to the lucrative and warm climate of Los Angeles in 1957. Uh, there was a vast amount of work in those days in Los Angeles. One could, uh, if you were a good jazz musician, there were plenty of jazz gigs out there, but you could also make a lot of money if you were a good enough musician to work in the movie studios, uh, TV work, radio work, this kind of stuff. And uh, a lot of uh, jazz musicians who were pretty poverty-stricken but had great ability moved out to Los Angeles and were able to buy beautiful homes, uh, raise horses, drive nice cars, and live in a nice warm climate and still play jazz, which is very rare today. <laughs> Terry Gibbs was all part of that. But down deep inside, Terry had a desire, because of his history with Woody Herman's band, he had a desire to form a big band. And Los Angeles at that time was the perfect place to do it. There were so many great musicians living there, musicians of incredible ability, not only uh, good jazz players and soloists, but great readers um, who could uh, look at a chart once and play it uh, without, a, without a mistake and bring it off the paper. Uh, musicians of that caliber. So Terry decided to form a big band and called it the Terry Gibbs Dream Band. And that band remained in existence from 1959 through to about 1962. And uh, even though there were some personnel changes in the band, they were led by the, uh, the great Mr. Gibbs, who was a natural band leader. And of course, um, full of incredible uh, musicians. Terry had the presence of mind to hire one of the best recording engineers, a guy named Wally Hyder, to record the band and at all of their gigs. And they, they worked sporadically because a big band was expensive for a small club to hire, but they did gigs here, there, and everywhere. And Terry made sure that they were recorded Later on, he was able to uh, sell uh, the tapes to uh, contemporary records, and there's a whole series of um, albums that came out featuring the Terry Gibbs Dream Band. And without a doubt, it is one of the best big bands ever. They became famous without ever touring or moving very far away from Los Angeles. They, they stayed home because all the musicians were, were terribly busy and there was no reason for them to do any traveling or touring. But the band became famous anyway and uh, we're very happy that Mr. Gibbs uh, had the presence of mind to, to uh, keep these tapes uh, in good shape 
And when the time was come to let him out to the public, he did. And so we have uh, examples of this great band preserved. And we're going to hear that band tonight, recorded in January of 1961 at a place called The Summit in Hollywood, and a whole group of selections uh, by the band, with arrangements by such people as Bill Holman, Al Cohn, um, different, different people uh, who wrote for the band, Shorty Rogers, um, Manny Albaum, great writers and great arrangers. And we're going to begin um, by telling you the personnel in the band because many of these people you will recognize. On alto saxophones, the great late Joe Maney playing lead alto and Charlie Kennedy on second alto. Two wonderful and very well-known tenor saxophonists, Richie Kamuka and Bill Perkins. And on baritone saxophone, Jack Nimitz. On trumpets, of course, one of the greatest of all lead trumpeters, Al Porcino. Ray Triscari, Conti Condoli was the band's soloist, and Stu Williamson. On trombones, oh, and I forgot, Frank Huggins. On trombones, the great Frank Rossellino, Vernon Friley, and Bob Edmondson on trombones. And there's one lady in the band on piano, Pat Moran, very fine pianist. On bass, Buddy Clark, and one of the great big band drummers, legendary Mel Lewis on drums. And, of course, the ebullient Terry Gibbs on vibes and uh, leading the band and uh, shouting enthusiastic cries. Wally Hyder was the recording engineer. He had a, a unique way of recording a band. Most big bands you see today... There's a microphone on all the horns and all this kind of stuff. Wally Hyder never did that. He had a single microphone on top of the band, so you got the ambience of the whole orchestra. And uh, it was a much more um, realistic way of recording a big band, and uh, especially to listen to on on tapes or, or, or records. And that's why Wally Hyder was, uh, um, was a genius. So, because the microphone was overhead, uh, the sound of the applause in the club are, are quite sound very subdued, um, but they're not, believe me, because this band was a very exciting organization. So we're going to get to the music right away. We're going to open with a Terry Gibbs composition called the Summit Blues, and of course it features uh, Mr. Gibbs on vibes, Frank Rossellino on trombone. Joe Maney on alto saxophone, and it's all arranged by Bill Holman. The second tune is uh, a wonderful version of a, a Johnny Mercer tune called Day In, Day Out, again arranged by uh, Bill Holman. Uh, the Summit Blues actually is arranged by Shorty Rogers. Okay, there you go. And then we're going to continue with uh, a Bill Holman composition called The Limerick Waltz, and then a ballad arranged by Al Cohn featuring Terry Gibbs, uh, the, the beautiful tune, one of his favorites, uh, a, a tune that everybody knows, You Don't Know What Love Is by Ray and DePaul. Then a, a great version of Sweet Georgia Brown, and then an Al Cohn composition uh, and arrangement called Nose Cone, 
There you go. <laughs> uh, there's some hidden reference in that one, which I'm not going to tell you about. Uh, so then the next tune after that is a great standard called Too Close for Comfort, arranged by Bill Holman. And uh, then a tune, uh, an old favorite goes back to the 1920s, a tune called Jada, and arranged by Bill Holman. And then the title track uh, is a tune by Duke Ellington called Main Stem. And the final tune is a very famous uh, Shorty Rogers, um, Terry Gibbs co-composition called TNS, Terry and Shorty, see? Uh, arranged by Shorty Rogers. So we get to the music, and we begin with the Summit Blues, the Terry Gibbs Dream Band, our jazz feature for tonight. Thank you. 
the Terry Gibbs Dream Band. Our jazz feature this evening, certainly hope you enjoyed that foray into uh, some of the great, some of the greatest actually big band music you're ever likely to hear with arrangements by people like Bill Holman, Shorty Rogers, Manny Album, and Al Cohn. And such uh, a stellar band made up of um, musicians that were all living in Los Angeles and doing studio, movie, and TV work, but also playing great jazz. And all put together by the ebullient and enthusiastic Terry Gibbs, one of the great virtuosos of the vibes, and a gentleman who is still alive and well. And uh, Terry still lives in Los Angeles. He's 90 years old, just celebrated his birthday on October 13th, and uh, um, performs occasionally and uh, loves to chat about the old days and all his long, long experiences in jazz music. A great personality and a very positive man. And, of course, um, somebody like that makes such a good band leader because they, they, they exude uh, enthusiasm and, and love for the music. And uh, Terry was in front of the band. It was beautifully recorded by uh, one of the great recording engineers, Wally Hyder, who used only a single microphone on top, um, hung down from the ceiling, and um, captured the, the ambience of the band. And a great way to, uh, to record it. Wally Hyder was one of those excellent uh, recording engineers. Because recording a big band... Uh, transferring it to tape or records isn't always uh, the easiest thing in the world, but he was uh, a genius at that. And Terry, of course, uh, was smart enough. Um, the band played uh, mostly in the Los Angeles area from 1959 to 1962 uh, at various clubs uh, in the LA area. They never toured because all these musicians that were in the band were very busy, so they had no reason to leave uh, Los Angeles, and they had no reason to tour. And yet the band uh, achieved international fame and even won um, uh, one of the uh, prestigious jazz polls without ever touring, which is amazing. Um, it, that couldn't be done today. This was all recorded at a place in Hollywood in January of 1961 called The Summit, and uh, the band consisted of, uh, on alto saxophones, the great um, Joe Maney and Charlie Kennedy. On tenor saxophones, Richie Kamuka and Bill Perkins, who was heard mostly in, uh, Perkins was uh, delivered most of the tenor saxophone solos. Um, Jack Nimitz um, held up the bottom on baritone saxophone. And what a great trumpet section, Al Porcino, Ray Triscari, Connie Condoli was the chief soloist, Stu Williamson, and Frank Huggins. On trombones, the great Frank Rossellino, he was heard in a few solos, along with Vernon Friley and Bob Edmondson. On piano, a nice lady who could really play by the name of Pat Moran, very fine pianist. And on bass, Buddy Clark, and on drums, one of the great big band drummers of all times, Mel Lewis. Like I said, cream of the crop. The tunes we heard, there were 10 of them on this album. Uh, we opened with uh, a Terry Gibbs, Shorty Rogers thing called Summit Blues. Then we moved to a standard tune called Day In and Day Out. 
and then uh, a Bill Holman composition called the Limerick Waltz. And then Terry Gibbs was featured um, on the ballad arranged by Al Cohn, You Don't Know What Love Is. Then we followed that with Sweet Georgia Brown, arranged by Manny Albam, and then a tune uh, written and arranged by Al Cohn, featuring Terry Gibbs on vibes and Joe Maney on alto saxophone, a great little line called Nose Cone. Then we moved to another standard tune called Too Close for Comfort. And uh, then we moved to a great Duke Ellington tune uh, called Main Stem, featuring uh, Pat Moran on piano, Terry on vibes, uh, Bill Perkins on tenor saxophone, and Connie Condoli on trumpet. And that was arranged by Manny Albam. Then uh, an old tune from the 1920s called Jetta, and uh, that was arranged by Bill Holman. And the final tune was a tune written by Terry Gibbs and Shorty Rogers and arranged by Shorty called T&S. And uh, that featured Terry, of course, on vibes and some great lead trumpet work by Ray Triscari. So there you go. That's the album, and it's called the album came out on Contemporary Records. It's called the Terry Gibbs Dream Band Volume Four, Main Stem. That's our jazz feature this evening. You are listening to CITR FM one hundred one point nine, or on your computer www.citr.ca. My name is Gavin Walker, and of course, this is the Jazz Show. And we have a couple of messages, and we're going to come back uh, and take you to Zurich, Switzerland, 1962, and hear a wonderful edition of the Jerry Mulligan Quartet recorded live, a couple of great selections by that group. And we'll be right back, right after these uh, important messages. Whoever said money can't buy you friends obviously wasn't a member at CITR. When you become a member, you get the Friends of CITR card with incredible discounts in the Main Street area at Antisocial Skateboard Shop, Devil May Wear, Lucky's Comics, Neptune Records, RX Comics, Red Cat Records, the Regional Assembly of Text, the Wallflower Modern Diner, and Woo Vintage Clothing. To find out more, visit us in room 233 of the sub on the UBC campus or go online to citr.ca. This is the main event. Thunderbird Sports live on CITR. This Friday, the UBC men's hockey team returns home and looks to snap a mini two-game losing streak against the Manitoba Bisons. This is the first meeting of these two teams sitting in the middle of the pack of the Canada West standings. Puck drop goes at 7 p.m. on CITR.ca. The next night, the T-Birds are on the hardwood for volleyball action against the Winnipeg Westmen. Led by a balanced attack, the women's squad is in action at 5 p.m. in their last home game before the winter break and hoping to move up the conference leaderboard. At 7 p.m., the men's team squares off against the Winnipeg squad right behind them in the standings. All the hard-hitting action is on CITR.ca. You just gotta love sports. You're unbelievable! All right, we're back. Jerry Mulligan, the great baritone saxophonist, composer, arranger, had um, various editions of his, uh, of his quartet. And Jerry occasionally played piano, but uh, 
generally, this was the 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 main um, thing about his quartet. He either used a trumpet uh, along with his baritone saxophone or a valve trombone, and this time it's the valve trombone, the great virtuoso Bob Brookmeyer. And both Brookmeyer and Mulligan played uh, piano, and some some of the selections um, on here feature piano, but we're not going to um, go to those selections tonight. But um, sometimes they did that for contrast. But we're going to hear Bob Brookmeyer, of course, on valve trombone, Mulligan on baritone saxophone, and Bill Crow on bass, who is uh, still alive and well, performs around New York, and a wonderful drummer, uh, who died fairly young, Gus Johnson. And he was one of Mulligan's uh, favorite drummers, as well as one of Count Basie's favorite drummers as well, Gus Johnson. And uh, this was recorded uh, in Zurich, Switzerland, in 1962. And we're going to hear the um, Jerry's theme song first and uh, a spoken introduction to the band. And then we're going to go into a tune um, that I believe is written by uh, Bob Brookmeyer, and it's called Open Country. And uh, then we're going to go from there to a wonderful uh, extended version of a tune that uh, actually was written by Mulligan and Art Farmer, and it's called Blueport. So here then is some uh, wonderful live performances by Jerry Mulligan and his quartet with Bob Brookmeyer on valve trombone. We take you to Zurich, 1962. much and good evening. I'd like to start by introducing the members of the quartet. On contrabass, Bill Crow. On drums, Gus Johnson. On the valve trombone, Bob Brookmeyer. Thank you very much. I'm Jerry Mulligan, by the way. Right. Now, for our third selection, we're going to play an original of Bob Brookmeyer's entitled Open Country. One, two, three. 
Ms. Sadoo, Blueport. Thank you. 
enthusiastic audiences over in Europe for, uh, for jazz music. This was recorded in 1962 in Zurich, and uh, one of Mulligan's uh, finest quartets. Somehow the, the baritone saxophone and the valve trombone just really seem to blend uh, beautifully. 
Um, I like the trumpet too uh, as an alternate voice, but somehow the the, um, the lower uh, valve trombone just seems to work so well with the baritone saxophone. And Mulligan and Brookmeyer were like musical brothers, and um, they played so uh, so beautifully together, along with um, and of course uh, Brookmeyer on valve trombone, Mulligan on Jerry Mulligan on baritone saxophone, Bill Crow on bass and Gus Johnson on drums. And we heard two tunes. Uh, we heard the intro, of course, with Jerry's theme um, called Utter Chaos. <laughs> and then a, a tune, uh, yeah, um, I said Brookmeyer um, wrote the tune. Uh, actually, Jerry Mulligan wrote the tune, and uh, we heard Open Country was the first tune, um, full-length tune. And the second tune was uh, uh, Art Farmer, Jerry Mulligan uh, combination composition called Blueport. And, of course, that was the, uh, the final selection of the whole evening, recorded in uh, Zurich in 1962. We're going to change the pace a little bit now. Just a, a quick reminder that you are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. Time is 10.30. We're going to uh, play something from this uh, beautiful album, by the Maria Schneider Orchestra. She is one of the great composer band leaders of today. And uh, this album, we featured it a long time ago on the show. The album is called Sky Blue. And I have a favorite track on this album, and it's the piece we're going to listen to. Uh, There's all kinds of, uh, uh, I'm not going to go into all the names uh, of the people in the band, but they're they're all very prominent members of the uh, uh, New York um, jazz scene, and um, all kinds of uh, all kinds of incredible people, and it's a very large orchestra: um, five saxophones, five trumpets, three trombones, and a bass trombone, guitar, piano, bass, and drums. And this one features an extremely underrated um, tenor saxophonist who. Uh, is on the same caliber as uh, Eric Alexander and Chris Potter and so on. And he doesn't get uh, quite the recognition of those guys, and he deserves it. And uh, his name is Rich Perry, and he is uh, featured on this piece of music that Maria wrote especially for him. And it's, it's kind of an introspective piece of music, and I, I love it. It's, uh, to me, it's, it's the track on the album. And um, she calls it simply Rich's Peace, featuring Rich Perry on tenor saxophone, the Maria Schneider Orchestra.
The Maria Schneider Orchestra from her album Sky Blue. And that was, um, I guess you could call that a tone poem, really. It's a composition by Maria, of course. 
and orchestrated and arranged and everything by her and her large orchestra featuring the tenor saxophone work of Rich Perry. And she called it simply Rich's Peace. And uh, that's about all I have to say about that. I hope you uh, enjoyed it. Rather, kind of, uh, as I said, a tone poem kind of on the introspective and I guess mournful side too. It's my favorite track of the album, and uh, I find that the most moving of all the pieces of uh, on this particular recording. It came out on a label which you can only order online called Artist Share, and Maria Schneider records for that uh, particular label. We shall be back with some more music. As a matter of fact, some music by the great Chicago tenor saxophonist Clifford Jordan on a fairly rare um, piece of music. We'll do that right after we hear some uh, wise words and uh, a few small things to listen to, including this. For a taste of the classics with a twist, join me, Marguerite, with Classical Chaos, Sunday mornings starting at 9, right here on CITR 101.9 FM, Vancouver, Canada. We've had a, an extended, uh, yeah, I know people were complaining about how cold it was and that sort of thing, but we had sunshine right here in Vancouver in November, which is pretty amazing. But uh, I said had because uh, we're not going to get any more sunshine. It's gone. And uh, tonight is partly cloudy. It's going to go down to a low of uh, minus one. And then tomorrow will be mainly cloudy with a low of plus one and a high of six. It's getting slightly warmer. Wednesday is cloudy with a 40% chance of a shower with a low of four and a high of eight. And we're going to move back to the more typical um, November weather in Vancouver. Uh, Rainy, (laughs) cloudy, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. So Thursday is cloudy with an even more of a a chance of a shower, 60% chance of a shower with a low of four and a high of eight. Friday and Saturday, rain with um, lows between 5 and 6 and highs up to 8 or 9. Then uh, on Sunday, maybe a little less rain, cloudy with a 60% chance of a shower with a low of 5 and a high of 9. Not uh, There's no sunshine at all in the forecast, unfortunately, but uh, we, we did have a nice spell there, despite the fact that it was a little cooler, but it, it's, that's easier to deal with. Um, the dampness and the rain can sometimes be really uncomfortable. Uh, I find it so. Um, I don't mind dealing with the uh, with the cold because you just put on something uh, woolly or heavy and that sort of thing. But uh, 
the dampness and the cold. That's another story. We're going to play a piece of music called Wagadougou. Wagadougou is the capital city, the largest city in an African country called Burkina Faso. And um, a lot of African countries are in the news lately because of the uh, Ebola outbreak, especially Western Africa, and, and of course some of the political unrest and uh, all that kind of stuff. There's uh, a lot of stuff going on. But uh, this is a piece of music that was written by Chicago-born tenor saxophone master Clifford Jordan. And uh, this is his, his composition. And he dedicated it to that city in Africa and called it, of course, Wagadougou. That's a, a great name. And uh, um, we have with Clifford Jordan uh, the great late uncrowned king of the trumpet, Kenny Dorham, uh, one of his later recordings, as this was done in the spring of 1969. Kenny died in uh, 1972. Winton Kelly is here on piano. There's, there are two bass players here um, playing Wilbur Ware, uh, of course a buddy of Clifford's from Chicago, and Richard Davis, one of the great virtuosos of the bass. And on drums, actually two drummers here too, Roy Haynes and Eddie Blackwell. And on trombone, another um, Chicago-born uh, musician who went to the uh, same school as Clifford Jordan, Julian Priester on trombone. And Julian, of course, is still very much with us. So, here then is, and I hope you enjoy, Wagadougou, composition by Clifford Jordan.
That was from an album that came out on a musician's label, Strata East Records. And, of course, they became uh, fairly rare, sought-after items. And this is from an album called Clifford Jordan in the World. And it featured um, Mr. Jordan on tenor saxophone, leading the great late Kenny Dorham on trumpet, Julian Priester on trombone, uh, two bass players, Wilbur Ware and Richard Davis, and two drummers, Roy Haynes and Eddie Blackwell, and on piano, the great and late Winton Kelly. And that was a composition that was recorded in uh, the spring of 1969, and that was a Jordan composition dedicated to uh, that uh, major city in Burkina Faso in Africa called Ouagadougou. That was the name of the piece. All right. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR, FM 101.9, or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and it's just uh, coming up to 11 o'clock. And we'd like to uh, tell you about a couple of um, events. One of the things that I um, talked about a couple of weeks ago, last week, is uh, a wonderful series of concerts which are produced by one of uh, our city's finest singers, Karen Plato. And uh, she has um, a series called the Joy of Jazz Concerts, and they're going to take place at St. James Hall at uh, 3214 West 10th Avenue. And uh, the first one is November the 27th, and that's going to be one called Heart and Soul. And that features Karen herself, along with um, wonderful pianist, vocalist, composer, um, very charismatic lady, Julian Lebec, who plays the piano and will be singing, and a wonderful singer, bass player by the name of Adam Thomas. Plus, 
The bonus here is James Danderfer on clarinet, and he's one of the great virtuoso clarinet players of Canada. And um, that concert is going to take place, as I said, on the 27th of November at uh, St. James Hall. So tickets are available. The concert starts at 7.30, and tickets are available, uh, $25 if you buy them in advance. And if you buy them at the door, it costs you $5 more. It's 30 bucks. So there you go. And this is um, concert number one of a series of three that are going to take place. And um, the next one is on Valentine's Day, but we'll talk about that later. And then a final concert in May. And we'll talk about that when the time comes. But this uh, particular one will be November 27th. And um, as I said, it's at St. James Hall. And it's um, Karen Plato has uh, started this uh, little series. And um, I give her credit for uh, bringing quality music to um, a venue that everybody can uh, hear and, uh, and go to. And the prices are very reasonable. $25 to hear some top quality music by some great people. Karen Plato, Julian Lebeck, Adam Thomas, and James Danderfer. Heart and Soul is the first concert. All right. Uh, There's a couple of websites that I always talk about. One of them is the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. That's a very comprehensive website, one to get onto, and that's www.coastaljazz.com. Dot .ca and uh, the other website is uh, put together by my good friend Brian Nation. Does a great job and there's all kinds of uh, local gigs on there because there's so many venues now that have uh, jazz some nights and not at other nights and so on and so forth. You kind of have to coordinate your plans if you're going to go out and hear some of our finest musicians. And so that is a good website to go on to because uh, Brian posts those gigs uh, up there. So you can say, if you want to go hear some jazz on a Thursday night, you can, you can go hear it you, um, wherever it is being played on that particular evening. So that's a good website to go on to. There's musicians' bios on there. Our jazz features are on there, all kinds of things. It's very comprehensive. And it's VancouverJazz.com, VancouverJazz.com. And finally, once again, my friend Ken Speller, who is um, a music um, instructor. Um, He's a fine performer, plays the saxophone and uh, the clarinet and the flute, and uh, is a wonderful musician. He's also a great repairman, and he does all his work from his home. He has a complete workshop there with all the proper tools and, and stuff, and Ken is an expert at um, fixing up, uh, overhauling, or tweaking uh, saxophones, clarinets, flutes, all your woodwinds. And that's what he does, and does it very, very well. He's located in North Vancouver, 13th and Lonsdale area, and his number is 778-800-1933. That's 778-800-1933. Kspeller underscore 14 at yahoo.ca is his um, email, That's K-S-P-E-L-L-E-R underscore 14 at yahoo.ca. That's another way to reach him as well. So if you uh, are a professional, a student, an amateur, a hobbyist, whatever, and uh, play a woodwind instrument, 
clarinet, flute, saxophone. He's the guy to get your instrument in proper shape so that you can sound at your best. We're going to turn now to a trio of recordings by one of the finest piano trios ever. I'm talking about the Oscar Peterson Trio, a great Canadian pianist, along with Ray Brown on bass and Ed Thickpen on drums. This is an incredible album. This is really a five-star album. Um, Oscar Peterson recorded this back in 1962. And the music is from West Side Story, written by Stephen Sondheim and Leonard Bernstein, and is one of the great musicals of the 20th century. We're going to hear three songs from West Side Story. We opened with Something's Coming, and then the beautiful ballad called Somewhere, and then finally the third tune will be Jet Song. Oscar Peterson on piano, Ray Brown on bass, and Ed Thickpen on drums. Music from West Side Story.
Three selections from a five-star album by the often-recorded Oscar Peterson Trio with um, the great Oscar Peterson at the piano, Ray Brown on bass, and Ed Thickpin on drums. Recorded in 1962, this is from their album West Side Story. So we heard three tunes from that uh, great uh, musical composed by Leonard Bernstein and Stephen Sondheim. Uh, we heard Something's Coming, and then the ballad Somewhere, and finally Jet Song. And uh, this is uh, one of Oscar Peterson's golden albums, and uh, it not only sold very well, it, um, it was just representative of uh, the magnificent Oscar Peterson at his best. West Side Story. John Coltrane is next. Now, this is late period Coltrane. And I say this because following the incredible, groundbreaking, milestone album 
Love Supreme, it wasn't long after that Coltrane's music changed radically. And in the last two years of his um, unfortunately short life, uh, his music became um, much more abstract, um, much harder for people to understand, sometimes disturbing for people to, to listen to. And I always felt that many of the live performances by um, late period John Coltrane just didn't translate very well uh, to records. I, I was very lucky to hear um, Mr. Coltrane and during his change to a, a more abstract kind of musical outlook um, in 1965, which was the beginning, uh, the end of 1965, because 65 was the transition year, and Coltrane's music was becoming more, um, more abstract, less dependent on steady rhythm, uh, more texture, etc., uh, etc. Et and of course, um, his, his main people, uh, McCoy Tyner, the pianist, and, and Elvin Jones left because um, they um, just felt that they couldn't contribute to the next step that John Coltrane was taking in, in his music. And um, I heard that that uh, that band uh, was m one of the most incredible listening experiences I ever had. But I still feel, because I was able to hear it live, that the band was never effectively um, recorded or that period of Coltrane's music. Now, there are a few recordings. There's uh, some beautiful duet recordings between John Coltrane and his drummer, Rashid Ali, uh, that are very, very beautiful. Uh, interstellar space being one of them, um, very late period Coltrane. That is um, uh, stuff to me, which is uh, showed that that where where John Coltrane may have taken his music, and and without the density of all the ensemble stuff and the different people involved, um, it made it you could really concentrate on on what John Coltrane was doing. All right, that being said, a brand new recording has surfaced um, of a concert that took place at Temple University in Philadelphia, November 11th, 1966. We're going to hear one piece from here, and um, it is actually, um, it's not an ensemble piece, it's actually the basic quartet uh, that John Coltrane was was leading. Now, uh, it features only him on tenor saxophone, his wife Alice Coltrane on piano, uh, Sonny Johnson on bass, who took um, Jimmy Garrison's place for this particular concert. Garrison was indisposed. He was ill with the flu. And uh, Lionel Sonny Johnson was a local Philadelphia bassist um, who was a very good player. And... Um, obviously, and joined the band for this concert. And Rashid Ali on, um, on drums. So there's only four people, uh, and you don't have the sometimes disturbing presence of Pharaoh Sanders, who is a great, great, great musician. But um, during his time with Coltrane, uh, Sanders took a particular role um, 
playing overtones on his saxophone and so on and and uh literally screaming through the horn uh and and many people found that disturbing um and and upsetting and 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 didn't understand where the music was going however i think um most of you can enjoy this performance. I think it's magnificent. This is John Coltrane with the people I mentioned, just four people doing his um, version of his very famous composition dedicated to his first wife, and it's called Naima. John Coltrane. Uh-huh. 
Well, unfortunately, the uh, CD has uh, acted up on uh, on the player, and we have to uh, have to interrupt that. I have no idea why. However, uh, these things happen, and we'll have to do that some other time. Uh, yes, this is being live radio. <laughs> Sometimes these things happen. Meanwhile, uh, rather than uh, continue with a, a CD that obviously isn't going to work. I'd like to play you a couple of things, adventurous things, by a famous edition of the George Russell Quintet. And uh, that features Mr. Russell on piano. And, of course, he's one of the great uh, composers and theorists in jazz music. This is a classic album recorded in 1961, uh, an adventurous album, as all George Russell albums are. The album is called Aesthetics, and it features um, Russell's sextet, uh, Don Ellis on trumpet, Dave Baker, who is a great educator as well, on trombone, and Eric Dolphy on um, alto saxophone and bass clarinet. And um, actually, we're going to hear him... Uh, on alto saxophone on these two tracks, with uh, Steve Swallow on bass and Joe Hunt on drums. And we're going to hear two pieces of music. Uh, the first one is written by George Russell, and it's called Lydiate. Um The reason he called it that is because he wrote a um, music theory book called The Lydian Concept of Tonal Organization. And a lot of people studied out of it, including John Coltrane, Eric Dolphy, all kinds of people studied out of that book. And um, that's why he called the tune it's a, kind of a, a way of poking fun of it at himself. It's called Lydiate. And the um, second tune we're going to hear is um, 
an incredible version of Thelonious Monk's Round Midnight, played by the band and featuring some outstanding alto saxophone work by Eric Dolphy. So I hope you enjoy these uh, two pieces. And once again, I'm sorry for the inter- in- interruption on the uh, John Coltrane piece. Uh, we'll have to straighten that out some other time, which we will do, and uh, we'll hear it again um, unaltered and uh, as good as it uh, can be. All right, George Russell. Once I get the right piece, here we go. This is what I uh, intended to play. Thank you. 
two pieces by this um, very special edition of the George Russell Sextet, and uh, with Mr. Russell on piano, and of course he was the composer, arranger, theorist, Don Ellis on trumpet, Dave Baker on trombone, Eric Dolphy on alto saxophone, Steve Swallow on bass, and Joe Hunt on drums. We heard two tunes. The first one was by George Russell called Lydiate, and the second tune was a, a real Halloween version of Thelonious Monk's Round Midnight. We uh, are going to close by taking you back in time to uh, December 29th, 1938. A very special Benny Goodman quintet, one of my favorite, all-time favorite pieces. Uh, this features um, Benny Goodman, of course, on clarinet, John Kirby on bass, Buddy Schutz on drums, Lionel Hampton on vibes, and Teddy Wilson on piano. This is called Pick a Rib. Benny Goodman, and uh, that will be the closing selection of our show this evening.